0: up everybody my name is brandon first aka first report representing the esbc gambling podcast network today is saturday may 30th 2020 it's a interesting day um really outside the world of sports really in the world as is but we're going to try and take your mind off of things i know i kind of needed it to uh distract myself from everything that's going on so today we are going to talk about uh pretty much everything major leagues uh major league baseball Uh, We've continued pretty much weekly to follow the negotiations um, and the protocols and everything that's needed to get to a opening day and get 80 games in, 82 games in, and figure out if there is something salvageable here. Um, No fans think everyone's expected that, but we've gotten to a point now, hopefully, where I think most of the stuff is ironed out, but obviously there is one main hurdle That has been the hurdle for the last three weeks, and probably been the big hurdle since the beginning, but we look at that a little deeper as more financial um, exacts came out, uh, actual stats, and we can kind of see the pay rate and the the prorated contracts, and see it from the players' point of view who are um, being a little more vocal about what they want, and how they're going to go about coming back to work, if you will. Um, the other situ- uh, the other topic that we're going to talk about is the situation going on in the minors. Um, if you've been listening to me uh, pretty much since the onset of um, these baseball podcasts, I've talked about kind of the plight of minor league baseball players. Really a forgotten bunch of um, guys that really aren't thought about until they make it to the majors or if they are thought about in the minors it's because they're a top 15 top 20 prospect and everyone's waiting for them there's a lot of players majority of those players do not fit that category so um it's uh, it's fallen into my lap i guess I, i i haven't heard it really talked about a lot um in not only these negotiations but in the way they've been treated in general and obviously an update as to how the minor league players um, are being treated and what's going on with them through all this. And the third and final topic, will pretty much kind of be wrapping it up in terms of what now, where do we go from here? We are days away from June 1st. Um, I thought that we needed something in place for this to be salvaged. It's not in place, but it still seems to be salvageable. I do think something will finally get done, but it's just a matter of when. Um, but we do talk about where to go, where we go from here, and where they have to go from here. But we'll dive in first to the actual negotiations, which pretty much everything has been figured out, except for the minor league situation, or I'm sorry, the uh, pay situation. Major league players are going to play fifty percent of the season. Um, they're going to pay, play about a hundred games when you factor in the first spring training. And whenever we get going, the second spring training, um, that will probably last a couple weeks. We have to dive into that and, and see, look, they're going to play about that. But what are they getting paid in terms of that? And I'm not asking anybody to, you know, look at these guys and feel sorry for them or anything like that. But when you do look at the percentages, all I ask is, um, when I tell my family members and stuff like this that about what's going on, it's always like, oh well, you know, they're still making th- hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars, and you are correct, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. No one's missing meals here on the major league side of things, but I always look at it personally through: would I be okay doing that in my line of work um, as a as a bartender? Would it be okay for me to? give all that to get paid this much and really the numbers finally came out this week obviously we've heard a lot about um, the 50-50 revenue split and how that will work and it's it's very interesting because it kind of essentially works into a um, almost a quintessential tax bracket for salaries in the major leagues as we look at the, the minimum yearly salary for a major league player is 563 and a half Thousand dollars, so five hundred sixty-three thousand dollars a year. That prorated salary goes down now under this under this proposed deal to two hundred sixty-two thousand dollars, which is forty-six percent. That's fine. Let's be honest, fifty percent, and you're getting paid about forty-six. That's fine. But as we start to work our way up, the percentages drop heavily to the point where where we get to. Players making $5 million, they are now making uh, the $5 million is their yearly salary if we were to go out or to go on without a hitch. Uh, 162 game season, it was their um, agreed upon salary on their contract. They would now make $736,000. That percentage is 37% of their total salary. Once again, we look at the 50% of what they're playing, 37%. it's a little tough, but still doable. I think in my profession and even baseball, look, if I was playing baseball at major league level, I would want to go out there and play for pretty much any money, but it's different when you get to the majors and you have bills to pay. So 37%, I could still see that. But as we work into the kind of upper echelons, and let's be honest, $15 million is a lot of money, but it's not a ton in the major league spectrum. It's about average those guys are going to be making about 4 million a year. That equates to 27% of their agreed upon salary. That's when we get into the danger zone of terms of is it worth it for these guys to come back and and if they truly believe that that they're putting their health at risk, then is it worth it at that point? That's when we start to see that. And then we go into pretty much the highest number that was categorized. And all these numbers are pretty vanilla. It goes one, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. There's numbers in between and there's percentages, but without boring you too much, I don't think there's too many math majors out there. And if there are, go look at it, I'm sure you'll love it. But when we get up to the 35 million, which is kind of the, the Garrett Cole, the Mike Trout, Strauss, uh, the uh, Strasburg, spectrum they go to tw- uh, about seven million dollars a year at ah, 35 agreed upon to equal out to 22 folks and look garrett cole i'm not sure what the tax rate is in new york but it's probably pretty high in the income tax especially in his tax bracket um so i'm pretty sure there's another chunk taken out in terms of taxes so we might be looking at 18 to 15% of his income being paid to him that was agreed upon, he will make less than he did last year, as will Mike Trout, as will most players in that spectrum once again, as I say this I also understand what's going on in the world, I'm not so blinded, I understand but we have to look at it From a gambling point of view. These players are pieces. It's it's terrible to think about, but they're pieces for us to profit off of. We need to know what those pieces are doing so that we can turn this into a recession-free zone. And when I say recession-free zone, everything outside of gambling, if you listen to this podcast and you follow our rules is going to probably be in a recession really in the market and everything else it's a guaranteed recession but if you stay in this podcast and you follow our rules this will be a recession-free zone we are going to make money right off of the bat when sports return and we are going to continue to make money we are going to hit the over the 52 and a half mark we're going to do that, we've shown that in the NFL. Hitting 65% in the NFL, betting every single team, every single over, under, every single week, hitting 65% is incredible. It's very, very hard to do, trust me. It was very hard to do. But we did it because we followed the rules and we biggest one of all is doing our research. And part of doing our research is seeing statistical or mathematical things like this that are put out there to just show really just fans, hey, this is what players are doing. I, and us, we are going to look at it in terms of, wow, are Mike Trout and Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg who just signed Mega Deals and Anthony Rendon, are they going to go all out in a half season where, let's be honest, 10 years from now, we might look at whoever wins this World Series as kind of like a half World Series. You know, uh, eh. That was the Corona World Series, you know? So do these players go out and give it 110% or even 90% or hell, even 75%? Do they do that when they're being paid around 18% of their agreed upon salary? So that's what we need to look at, okay? That's what we need to exploit, and that's what we're here to do. So those guys, and I'm not saying every single high-paid, high, uh, very high paid player when they come back is going to be lacking in effort. I don't think so at all. I think majority of them are still going to give 100%. We need to find the ones that aren't. That is our goal. That's what we need to do immediately. In spring training, in the first week or two. We need to do that. Once we find that, things will fall into place. We are going to be looking at a spring training 2.0. It has to happen, I don't know when it's going to happen, but we need a second spring training for everyone to loosen themselves up in terms of competitive spirit. It's gonna be definitely a more intense spring training than usual, but we will need to see it. This is when we will find those players who are going to maybe not be giving 110%, especially in spring training. We need to find that early and exploit it. Because like I said, We are in a recession josh has warned us about this for a long time we're in a recession period no doubt about it you can't argue it it's happening we can fight it in here we can fight it in this recession free zone and i move on to minor league baseball and minor league baseball players about two months ago i i decided to dive deeper into um the the struggle of the minor league baseball player and earlier i talked about Major League Baseball players and their pay scale of, we're not talking about missing meals. When we talk about Minor League Baseball players here, we are talking about missing meals. This is an incredible sacrifice that Minor League Baseball players make. I, I urge you to please go back, um, head to Ecosystems Business Concierge. There are a couple articles about the struggles of being a Minor League Baseball player, of really when you figure out how often you're on the clock Um, and your pay salary, you're well below not only the poverty line, but you're well below the minimum wage uh, scale. But these players suck it up because they're chasing a dream. Unfortunately, things have become dire because of this coronavirus situation. Uh, it began really when the Oakland Days told their minor league players they were going to stop paying their meager four hundred a week sa- uh, four hundred dollar a week salary. They were going to stop doing that. Um, I, I I truthfully believe if you cannot pay your players in any situation, you do not deserve to be an owner. You need to you need to be your own bailout plan truthfully and I know that's not the case and I know background checks and stuff like that um, Look out for stuff like that and most owners can but this is really it's frustrating to see A major league baseball owner who is net worth is uh, over three billion. I believe or around three billion to pretty much tell You know players. Hey, I I can't pay your salary, but You better show up next year and, and you're not a free agent that's another thing, too. These players are no longer free agents. They're just pretty much hanging by a thread. And that pretty much began a tidal wave of minor league minor leaguers either being cut or being told you're no longer being paid. Um, in the end, I believe it's estimated to be around 1,000 players will have their careers pretty much ended. Um, they might be able to maybe obviously find some independent ball. Maybe this opens up a... a Highly competitive, independent ball somewhere. I'm not sure, but it's going to end the career of thousands of or, uh, of around a thousand players who have sacrificed so much, and it's really, really sad when you think about it. Um, that you know, when you look at a thousand baseball players, there's a there's about 50 of them to about 75 of them that were probably major league baseball players. Probably not Hall of Famers. Who knows? Maybe two or three of them could have been that David Ortiz. I mean, you remember David Ortiz got cut by the Minnesota Twins. You know how hard it is to get cut in baseball? And then go on to be a borderline Hall of Famer? I think he will be a Hall of Famer, honestly. Honestly, the most clutch player of my generation in October at the the Dish. I mean, he's pretty much our generation's Mr. October. That two thousand four postseason, um, where him and the Yankees, that was probably one of the most, un, one of the clutch moments in any sporting event in any sport ever. We might have lost that story in this, and that's what bums me out. Um, I don't really. I always try and bring in a betting angle to this, folks. I don't really have a betting angle. I just. I need. I guess I just kind of want to use this platform to really talk about that and and show how much fight these young players have. I always look at the, the Bo Harts and the David Ecksteins and the Tommy Edmonds who maybe not, who aren't going to ever be Hall of Famers and aren't going to be remembered, um, you know, in 20 years. But those are the players that worked, grinded through the minors and got to the majors and you could tell they played with reckless abandon, to the point where they they knew that this was their dream and they weren't going to let anyone take it from them. Um, I guess in a betting angle, we are we. I love players like that. Um, we lost some of those this past week. Um, however, there is some good news. The same day that the Oakland A's did announce that termination of pay, uh, the Padres, at the time, pretty much kind of stepped forward and said, "Hey, we're the only team right now that has pledged." This is happening. They're they're telling their players and their other baseball employees, which is, you know, their front office people and and ticket sales and stuff like that. They're going to pay them until um, for the minor leaguers, it's till the end of August, which is pretty much the end of minor league season. Can't really expect any more than that, unfortunately. Um, but uh, and the and the others who work in the front office up until October and stuff like that and the scouts. This is huge for the Padres. This is. Not exactly a big market. They're they're working their way up the market scale, if you will. But this five ten years ago, the, this would have been the the Padres would have been the Oakland A's in this situation. But I would like to give credit to this ownership group who takes a lot of heat. We haven't been incredibly successful um, on the field. And I say obviously we as a fan. Um, on, they haven't been successful on the field, but they have done a lot of this ownership group has done a lot of things off the field that I commend them for. Um, in terms of bringing players in, it hasn't always gone. It's been a failure in certain situations, but you know what? They've tried. And as a Padre fan for as long as I have, there were about 10 to 15 years where the Padres just didn't try. And I'd rather you try and fail than just not try at all. And I think this is a microcosm of how Ron Fowler and this ownership group run things. And it, it makes me happy. The Padres aren't the only team. Um, other teams have come forward. Um, Minnesota, Chicago, the White Sox, other teams. And I think other teams will come forward and make this pledge. But I do think in the end, the majority of teams will not be able to make this commitment. And like I said, you know close to a thousand players will see their dream end, really through no fault of their own other than being in the wrong place at the wrong time all of this comes with zero response from the players union and typing this up and, 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 and doing this I got emotional I'm getting emotional thinking of it now because this is a group that is supposed to protect all players all players in baseball they are under the umbrella of the uh, major league or of the players union minor leaguers are the forgotten bunch they represent 80% of that group and they have absolutely not only no say but they are not even thought of in these negotiations if 1000 or the comparable percentage of major league baseball players were cut from their contracts the Major League Baseball play, uh, uh, or the Players Association, would be at the Supreme Court's doorstep moments after that. Crickets, when minor league baseball players are cut. Crickets. Because players getting paid $400 a week don't pay their salaries. And it's a microcosm of obviously, of kind of the way um, certain things are in this country. I'm not gonna get into that, but in this realm, what I cover, this is wrong. The miners need a union of their own. However, it's highly unlikely that A, that will happen and B, it will work. The reason it probably won't happen is minor league baseball is notoriously a selfish game. Obviously as a player you want to win But first and foremost, you want to succeed so that you take your next step to getting to the major leagues. Whether that's right or wrong, that's the mindset that has to be taken if you want to make it to the majors. So it's hard to take that mindset into a courtroom and pretty much kind of negotiate either against or counter to the organization you essentially want to end up in. So that's the tar- hard part to getting it to happen. And then if it were to happen, what leverage do the minor league players have? I mean, look, Major League Baseball, really honestly, it, they would be in a tough spot if these minor leaguers just decided to stop and maybe go open another league or something like that. I, that would be a real undertaking. And I think someone could do it. I don't know if someone would do it, but that would, would be the only hopeful response for these guys. And even then... These players, or these, that league will not be able to pay, pay these players. It will essentially be a, a USFL. Eventually, the best players will get snatched up by the NFL. Um, or, I'm sorry, by the MLB. And it will eventually turn into a team, or uh, the team that has the most money gets to pick the, the best minor league or independent players. So, while I feel like that's the only course of action minor league players can take, to remedy the situation, I don't know if it's possible. And that's very, very unfortunate. Um, it's, it really is heartbreaking, honestly. I know, and like I said, in the spectrum of everything that's going on in the world, it's not even probably top five of the heartbreaking stories, but for somebody who, who, who dives and tries to get distracted by all that other BS, uh, and dives into this stuff. it's like it, it's it's sad to see and I uh, I felt like it was my duty to kind of bring it up because I don't think it's being talked about as much as it should and even if it is being talked about um, on certain networks that I don't follow because I don't really care about their input, um, it still isn't talked about enough because um, and you know what before I do move on, I almost missed it. I will give it up. Uh, I do think this will start a trend. I think major league baseball players are going to step up and do things for, certain uh, minor leaguers, David Price is going to pay the Dodgers minor league players, um, every single minor league player, their $1,000 a month deal. That is huge considering David Price has yet to play a single competitive game for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So good on him. He's a a really good human being um, from everything I've heard. And that's really, I think it will start a trend but it shouldn't be that way. The Dodgers owner, um, can't think of him off the top of my head, but if you can afford to, to pick up Mookie Betts and David Price's contract, I think you can afford to pay your minor league um, and front office folks, but what do I know? Anyway, so we move on to what now? What are the options? Where do we go from here as a baseball fan? Where should you, how, how confident should you feel? Unfortunately, as each day goes by, the chances of a baseball-free summer are more and more likely. We obviously just celebrated our first Memorial Day without baseball. Excuse me. Since 1880, 140 years, we went playing baseball on Memorial Day. It ended this year. Um, add to another stat for a weird 2020, but we hope that baseball can get started. Obviously, July 4th is a holiday that we all would love to see um, be crazed with opening day. July 4th and opening day would be mind-blowing for me. It's already uh, my two favorite holidays. So that would be incredible. But as we get closer, or uh, as we get further, no, I'm sorry, as we get closer to that date, it's growing more unlikely. And I'll tell you this, if all other sports are able to continue and Baseball is unable to because of a labor dispute, not because of health issue issues or someone gets sick or, and they have to shut things down. A, those, thing, those things could happen, whatever. But if they can't start their season because they can't figure out how much they're going to pay their players, it could be the pandemic of baseball. That could be the end of baseball, honestly, in this country. I, I, I just don't think anybody in this country wants to hear billionaires and millionaires not come to an agreement um while others have i i, I it's, it's sad to say i'll always be a baseball fan there's no doubt about it but i also understand there's not a huge fan base out there and it's dwindling as this continues because of this we all saw it in 94 that took a lot of people off of baseball you know you, you got millionaires and billionaires once again trying to figure out how to split up hundreds of dollars. It just doesn't seem practical to a lot of people, especially right now. I think it would be catastrophic to baseball. But as I said before, I do expect something to happen because of what I kind of said before. Baseball needs this. But I've talked about it since the beginning, really, of uh, these negotiations, is I do believe this could be the powder keg or the, or the beginning of the, the powder keg that could be set off next year with the CBA negotiations, which are something that we don't, which really hasn't been talked about. Um, a lot of people are focusing on these negotiations, which is obvious, obviously why, or I know why, but nobody, whoever comes out of this is going to feel slighted and we're going into next year's labor negotiations. That's going to be a bloodbath. We could possibly go back to back years with no baseball on Memorial Day. If the labor dispute continues into next season. But for now, as things stand on May 30th, the hopes all start... We all hope to get started in early July. They do seem to be dwindling, but... I'm sure as uh, I speak for all baseball fans everywhere, we don't really care how we get it, when we get it. We just want it. We want baseball and as gamblers, and as somebody who has put in these last two months into getting ready to gamble on baseball, I want it to happen no matter what. Um, So with that, it's really all I have for you today. I will be back with you tomorrow as I talk um, Padre baseball and I'm gonna throw in a little KBO, uh, Korean baseball. I'm gonna spend some time talking about what's going on there um, just to let you know, um, kind of keep you you updated in, in any baseball, but we are gonna break down the Padres from a purely betting angle and figure out what ways we can exploit um, the weaknesses, and we'll also kind of turn it into a Southern California situation as well. We're going to break down the Padres, or I'm sorry, the Dodgers and the Angels as well in a betting sense. So join me tomorrow for that. Always head to ecosystemsbusinessconcierge.com. The website will be in the episode notes wherever you are listening to this podcast on whatever platform. Check out all of our educational gambling content. As I've said before, we are a recession-free zone. At the moment, we don't have the tools to um, make money off of that, but they're coming back. We know that sports are coming back. We're going to make money off of that. Josh has you covered when the NBA rolls around, um, and that's coming back. We, we know that, um, probably coming back in Orlando. So be ready for that. And then when baseball does return, like I said, we have you covered on that as well so that when we – because time is money, folks. We're in a recession. The, as quick and as effortlessly as we can make money, we have to do it right now. Build up that, um, you know, get ready for that cold, that long winter ahead, because everything outside of this podcast is going to be a recession, except for here. Like I said, this is a recession free zone. Tell all your friends about it. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at First Report if you haven't already. Interact with me. I'd love to hear what you think. Until next time, I'd love to hear you again. So. Once again, my name is Brandon First, a.k.a. First Report, representing the ESBC Gambling Podcast Network. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, uh, be good, don't hate, and wash your hands. Take care, everybody.